welcome, welcome, welcome. We are the architects of entropy and we are back. Woo. Woo. <laughs> we have a full boat tonight, guys. Don't rock the boat. Oh. <laughs> no, indeed. And we're back, everybody. We're back. There you go. That's if you didn't know we were back, that's we're back. <laughs> we are all back. You can tell by the weird, awkward silences and people <laughs> kind of laughing nervously. Oh, the awkward silences. You took my request to put in more awkward silences in editing. I, you know, I, I try, I try, I, you know, I, I fight with silence, but um, <laughs> I think we don't give it enough credit. Silence is golden. I mean, gold is the standard from what I understand. <laughs> Anyone want to guess what the episode number is? Oh, I, no. <laughs> yeah, it's I, episode I, I 47. All right. I was going to say 48. Oh, we're close. We're close. And she was like, <laughs> no, it's actually 48. And I was going to go back and check the website, but I know it's 47. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, we've taken a bit of a break from the regular story to get into the nitty gritty of uh, six months of a, of a war that may or may not have a bearing on what happens next. Who knows? I have a feeling it might. At the very least, it was some fun. And a two-part massive Dragonborn on Orc fight was honestly a one of the most fun things that we've done on this podcast. So if that was all we got out of it, then it's worth it as far as I'm concerned. So, just sorry Rick couldn't be there for the big fun part. Oh, perhaps that is why it was so fun. <laughs> Your words, man. Your words. <laughs> uh, you would you would have played the kobold guy, I have a feeling. Yeah, perhaps. <laughs> and then I would have get your secret mission is to blow everything up. And you'd be like, you wouldn't have had to tell me that. <laughs> Maybe my character would have lived then. Who knows? You, who knows? Yeah. Oh my God. When you said he wanted to run into the, into the ritual field, I was like, I love you. I could not love you more than I mm. already do. And you know how much I love you already, MJ. Mm. <laughs> oh, thanks, Patrick. <laughs> <laughs> Just a gift. Alrighty. Well, I, you know, we're basking in the glow of our togetherness here and it's great, but oh my God, the world is falling apart. And I'm not talking about the real world, though it is. The world in our game is facing a critical crisis. And it's probably going to take a little bit of a recap. So I will go ahead and do that. At last, we left our heroes. They were in two different places. You uh, decided that things had gotten so bad in the cauldron that you needed to split into two different groups to try and get things done. Uh, so Nolan and Razor and Morple, uh, with the wounded griffin, uh, who's now been christened Wings, went to see if they could get to the lesson this rumored horrible magical uh, disaster that is out in the woods somewhere and then zika kiernan and professor ugat fumel uh, the erstwhile professor of the grand university would travel to the forbidden school to talk to the headmaster who professor fumel had had some contact with previously and thought he might know something more about the listen than anyone was willing to say before this all happened, obviously, you came to the cauldron and realized that there's a whole lot of mess going on here. The place was shut down. People weren't allowed to come in or out. There were disasters of a magical nature going on all over the place. You fought some infected giant plant monsters that were making copies of people. You fought a uh, some kind of bizarre toxic druid uh, at this abandoned chemical disaster site. You knew that there were something going on at the mines. And a lot of other things happening that you were able to get to the bottom of some of it. But everything seems to be pointing back to this lesson. So Razor and Nolan and company were having trouble getting to the lesson. Uh, you found that the forest was nigh impenetrable. And then you were attacked by these strange infected mycolog creatures that you had a pitched battle with and were able to dispatch and were left trying to figure out how you were going to do this. Uh, Zika and Kiernan and Professor Fumel, on their way to the Forbidden School, were assaulted by these same creatures. And it uh, turns out that these were the rumored protectors of the lesson, the Wind Keepers. But they had been corrupted, as it turns out, by the emanations of the God Without Shape, the horrible entity at the center of all of this mess that's happening. And to make matters worse, Professor Fumel, who almost seemed to be targeted by them, uh, was killed. So it made your mission uh, sad and uh, and harder. 
but you were able to make it with the assistance of the drow who happened to be nearby and were able to get you to the school itself. You toured the Forbidden School, uh, spent a, a large portion of your time there just going through the different areas and uh, uh, had a lot of fun with sound effects. And you got a real uh, tour of this. Uh, if mushrooms are running Hogwarts without any uh, morality or less morality, let's just say that morality at Harry Potter world is kind of dubious at best. I mean, these students are always dying and being put in danger, but you know, whatever. That's a whole other thing. You got to, to uh, Drell Sabullis, and he revealed a, uh, well, the ultimate secret of the lesson was that the lesson itself is not so much of a, a magical disaster as a cover-up. Sight of the lesson is actually a thing called the first spore, which is the heart of the Mycologs mycelial network, the plexus, and supposedly the source of the Mycologs existence. This is an area that, if found, can be manipulated by others to potentially even just hack this whole race of mushroom people. Um, so they devised these magical seals and created a legend and a story about this magical portal that is incredibly dangerous and scary and nobody talks about and uh, was, once again, another symbol of possible failure that Michael Oggs would shy away from. Unfortunately, the God Without Shape was somehow able to break the seal and corrupt it. But Drell Sabullis and his associates at the school are going to try and fix it. However, the biggest problem that you have is that with the God Without Shape dwelling down there, it is possible that he could still take control of the Mycologs if they are cut off from the rest of the world. It seems the one thing that saves them from being just this complete hive mind is their curiosity, their inborn desire for knowledge and uh, going out in the world, exploring, discovering. The more unique they become, the less they are attached to this network and the less likely they are to be wholesale corrupted by something like the God Without Shape. Are you guys with me so far? Is this bringing anything back? So far, so good. Okay. There was a griffin? <laughs> yes uh yeah there's a wounded griffin with you guys that's how fumal got up there and he was it's it's a whole thing but you have a griffin with Brody. yeah i do actually remember the griffin okay. i don't remember uh agreeing to name him wings but i probably did so it's cool <laughs> uh, no that was all rick okay um i'm sorry who was uh zika again uh that's you <laughs> oh, okay all right okay uh that's fine yeah okay, totally great cool. great great and I think the lesson we learned is that you shouldn't send people without woodcraft to go seek out the lesson. In the woods. <laughs> In the woods. Yeah, you realize you send the people to go the people with the least amount of forestry knowledge into the woods. But, uh, you know, everything worked out as probably as well as it was going to. But Drosabalus basically recommended that the rest of you go back to the cauldron and really, really try to convince the Mycologs to open the place back up again and to stop this isolationism that seems to be becoming popular amongst the politicians of the cauldron and the, and the surrounding areas. Oh, yes. And uh, the last thing that he noticed was there's a pack of rampaging Duragar that seem to be encroaching on the lesson, grabbing up and eating Mycologs in the streets. So that's probably the next thing you have to deal with. So I'm going to bring you back. I, I don't know. That seems fine. They're Duragar. Duragar going to Duragar. I'm not going to exactly. And Michael, know, tell them how to live. Are they properly seasoned? Uh, you know, I don't think the Duragar really care. I just think they just, oh, okay. just like to eat them. So we're going to go back. Nolan, Razor, Morple, and Wings are standing in the aftermath of this fight with a bunch of strange infected Mycologs who have melted into the ground, trying to figure out how you're going to get to the lesson. And then there is a, uh, a, a quick smell of ozone. And the rest of your party appears. Well, Zika, Kiernan, and Rain. And we'll pick right up here. Ah, just in time. We've uh, cleared the area for you. <clears throat> ah, thank you. And we've gotten here by using the full extent of our woodcraft abilities. <laughs> woodcraft? What woodcraft abilities do you have? None. We got we got this far. That's exactly how much woodcraft we have. And most of that was 
mortal. <laughs> yep. I did a pretty good job, I think, till we got attacked by these weird um, guys. And you guys will see the pile of what you will all now recognize as uh, destroyed, infected windkeepers. Ah, dude, wouldn't want to step in that. I, I think these might have been the windkeepers. I think you're right. Uh, how, how did you guys do? Not as well as we would have hoped. Yeah, there's a lot of that going around. Where's the professor? He... As we said, things didn't go as well as we would have hoped. I do apologize, but we were not able to keep him safe. Oh, no. And Wings lets out a little bit of a uh, sad griffin noise. It seemed as though they were almost targeting him. Probably because he's the only one who has a clue in this. Marble, color your ears. In this godforsaken place. <laughs> can, I, uh, can I uncover my ears now? I will give him the thumbs up to uncover his ears. Yeah, this place is not good. So, All right. So what is our next move here? Does somebody want to keep us getting through to the lesson? Or did you learn anything that we need to act on more immediately? There are a lot of things we need to act on. Um, there is a group headed toward the lesson, I believe, as far as I understand, that we should take care of. But we do need to return to the microbes to convince them to reopen their borders and reach out to the community because there is a corruption that runs deep here and we need to take care of it. But what about the lesson? The lesson is not what you think it is. Okay. What, what, what is it? It's an elaborate cover-up, apparently. Oh, it's about math, isn't it? I knew it was going to be math. I'm pretty good at math. In a sense, it's about math. <laughs> it's about existence, it's about the source of the Michaelog's being. I don't know if there's much we can do about it at this point. I don't know, Zika, what is your understanding of this? I think we probably should continue on to the... Oh, wait, that's not my voice. <laughs> <laughs> and just to clarify a little bit, the Durgar are not heading towards a lesson. They're heading towards the cauldron. Oh, I'm sorry. I thought they were heading That's okay. The... That's okay. I know. I threw a lot of stuff at you. So... We've learned that the God Without Shape has corrupted the lesson, which is tied intrinsically to all Michaelogs. And there is a seal that we need to put back in place that Bulbus thinks he can put back in place, but it won't be easy if all of the Michaelogs are going against their nature and staying in the city and not going out and exploring and learning. So more than likely, we need to go to the cauldron so that we can head off the Dwergar and also so that we can communicate to the Michaelogs that they need to return to their normal lives of exploring and engaging in diplomacy with other folks. And then we'll have a good hope of being able to reseal the lesson. So we have to save the Michaelogs to save the world. <laughs> save the Michaelogs, save the world. A lot of you are beat to shit right now. <laughs> and it's like the dead of night by the time this happens. But you're able to kind of get yourselves back on a better footing, given that you have kind of blazed this trail fairly well. You're pretty sure if you get a move on, you can get to the cauldron quicker than you got here. That makes sense. I can do some healing if people need it. Well, Ooh. what I'll do then, we'll kind of move things forward a little bit because you're all here. Uh, most of you have some kind of healing ability and you can even, you know, take rests if you want. Maybe a short rest or something. Yeah. But um, in the interest of when you get to wherever you're getting to uh, being hale and hearty and ready to deal with it, we will say in the process of you making your way, you will be able to basically get yourselves uh, back up to fighting shape. Or as in fighting shape as we were prior. Right, right. Well, I know that, yeah, some of you guys had horses and you were doing the thing where Zika was turning into a horse for parts of the day. And you have multiple mounts now between some people can ride on the back of the griffin, though we found that the griffin's actually kind of slow walking. I will ride Morple. Okay, cool. Yeah, yeah. I'm, not get you know I'm gonna fight the urge to talk about mounts and horses again because we have done this to death. Oh uh, no, come on, that's traveled, our thing. Come on. You've traveled that's our this thing. road now all over this place so much that I, I feel 
fine in bringing you to the next stage of this. At, just like a yard cat, we got to keep marking our territory. Some other podcast is going to swoop in and take over horses and long distance travel from us. And we can't allow that. So let's go. I'm not gonna, just horses I'm not and look. long distance travel, but discussing horses and Oh, yeah, no, exactly. Yeah, no. And the, should we even take a horse? I think that's what people tune in for. <laughs> you know, I'm willing to take that chance. <laughs> We're, I really want to see. Your I funeral. See, I'll right. look at the ratings. I can tell if there's a dip, and I'll know why. <laughs> not the fact that we spent three and a half months talking about things that have nothing to do with the story. <laughs> but uh, anyway, here we go. So. You guys are able to push forward back through the forest itself. And when you get to the outskirts of kind of civilized land, you will encounter other mycologs who are mostly just freaked out and terrified. You will learn that if they haven't encountered them themselves, there's talk of these ravaging creatures that have come down from the mountains, laying waste and devastation behind them stealing up mycologs and eating them in the street. Many people have kind of gone hiding into their homes and, you know, some of them go gone underground and you hear a lot of talk as you go about a growing sentiment, a movement that has actually started in the previous months, even before this happened, that has been really riled up by the chief diplomat, uh, Relip Strew, a movement that is called the Boiling Brains. And these are a group of kind of... Uh, you could probably compare them to certain political movements going on in the real world. People who kind of want to go back to traditional values, you know, mycologues first, maybe not making their knowledge so, uh, you know, free to everyone else, getting back to the business of bettering themselves and not, you know, sending out all these diplomats to places, uh, you know, a real cauldron first mentality. And it's been growing in popularity. And this is exactly the sort of thing that you know will play, unfortunately, into the hands of the enemy. So with these attacks happening and all of this outside interference, those who will talk to outsiders, which are becoming increasingly rare amongst mycologs will kind of tell you that that's sentiment is growing and becoming more popular. It's worrying, but uh, you will push through, you know, you're able to stop and, and take rests in certain places and help people where you can, but you will find yourselves moving down in towards the city itself. And over the horizon, you can see as dusk is hitting behind the sunset outlines of the Grand University and the Great Library and the council building that you came from. But as the sun comes down, you smell the familiar smell of burning flesh and destroyed buildings. And you see evidence that all is not well in this place, you cautiously move through this settlement just before the gates of the cauldron and amongst hollowed out, desiccated mushroom-shaped buildings, you see shapes moving about and you hear sounds. One sound more than anything you hear is this horrible crunching. Almost sounds like animals feasting. The light is fairly dim, but in the twilight, and through the flickering flames, uh, you see these gray shapes in you know, groups here and there just gorging themselves. You move forward into this area, and I will uh, give you a, a better description. Actually, uh, everyone can give me perception rolls as you're kind of moving into this area. You're basically between two of these round mushroom-shaped buildings. As you get closer, you're kind of remaining out of sight, but you're getting to the point where you'll be out in the open. So before you do that, we'll uh, have you guys roll some perception rolls so I can tell you, give you a better idea of the layout. Well, I'm glad we got to visit at such a nice time of year. Uh, <laughs> I got a 22 on my perception. Okay. Uh, Zika got a 15. Okay. Uh, Razor got a 23. Yeah, so Kiernan and Razor, you have kind of a better view of this you're between two buildings and then there's a couple other buildings ahead of you one to your right and another further down a smaller building to your left and you see outside of the building that's to your left and further out you see a kind of larger duragar looking over the place he's got a uh, arm 
in his hand that he's kind of chewing like a turkey leg. It is pretty disgusting, but he's looking over. You see another two Doragar with their backs to you that are feasting on a pile of Michaelogs. Now, amongst these, you do see that there's at least one Michaelog between these two with their backs to you that is struggling and appears to have not been eaten yet. And next to the larger one who's looking around, there is, a, you know, a, basically a pile of Michaelogs. And on the bottom of that pile, you do see one who's kind of looks to be kind of inching his way out, like to try to get away. And you do hear the sounds of other crunching and other more than likely Duergar that either not visible yet or possibly even invisible because you know they can do that. So what I'll have you guys do is everyone can give me stealth rolls as well. And we'll see how sneaky you're able to get up to these folks. Uh, I roll with disadvantage, right? You do because you're in clanky armor. Uh Oh, that wasn't too bad. 12. Okay. I'm also at disadvantage, but I'm generally fairly sneaky. So I got a 16. Okay. Yeah. Also, the dog would like to say hello. Oh, hello, dog. (laughs) I got a 12 as well. Okay. All right. So as you guys are kind of moving in, you get to a point. You're about 40 feet away from these two uh, Duergar with their backs to you, who do not seem to notice anyone. However, as you get close to it, Morple puts his hand to uh, the side to one of the buildings, just kind of kind of sneak around it and then falls through it as there's a crack there he didn't see and makes a horrendous amount of noise. The big Duragar who appears to be in the lead looks up and shouts. And uh, let's roll initiative, everyone. Damn hobbits. (laughs) All righty. Razor. Two. Okay. Kiernan. Six. Okay. Zika. Nine. Wow. This is like the dragon fight. Nolan. I'm sorry. I don't belong. 21. Okay. That's <laughs> get out. Yeah, that's I'm perfectly fine. Sorry. So, uh, yeah. So, all right. I guess I'm on the Durgar side now. First. All right. There's a Durgar that is 35 feet in front of you to your left. And it was 40 feet in front of you to your right. And the big guy who's looking over at you guys is at 50 feet uh, over beyond them. So, what would you like to do? All right. I got to remember how to move. Hang on. All right. <laughs> uh, I will move up closest to where are the Michaelogs in, in this? Uh, uh, so the Michaelogs, you can right. tell there is the ones that are moving, obviously. Yeah, there's one between those two of uh, those two guys. It's like they form kind of a triangle. Uh, OK, yeah, yeah, yeah. Michaelog at the head and the other two back. And then there's one that is uh, near the uh, the big guy who is trying okay. to sneak away. But All they right. are within five feet of all All of of these guys. All right. All right. Well, I will move towards the, I guess the closest one, the one that's 35. I will close there and I will uh, chuck. I I have a hand axe, so I'll throw that at him. I don't think I have my bow out or anything, so I'm going to... You're going to move up 30 and then throw? Yeah, I'm going to move up 30 and then throw because I I don't want to waste... I don't want to not attack him. Right. I will give you advantage Ooh. on that lot because he has not noticed you. Yeah, die. Oh, that's a nat 20. Oh, okay. Well, shit. Well, there, take some of that. Take some hand axe to critical. the face. And, and that's, uh... that's going to be some bad news for him because, yeah, that sneak. If he hasn't noticed me, that sneak attack stuff all falls in. So he's. Oh, uh, yeah, absolutely. So go he's... ahead and roll uh, what your ton of damage. We'll see if you uh, insta kill this clown. 34. Yep. <laughs> yeah, so you uh, you kind of rush up as you're rushing. You pull out one of your hand axes to throw it right into the back of this guy's head, uh, and he uh, hits the ground. And then uh, my bonus action, I will dash up to the big guy. Okay, you can totally do so that. So that, give him a target that is not the Michael Oggs. All right. And I'll run up and I'll say, hey, Chuckles, I have seen to place my axe. Have you seen it? Okay, and then... Next to go is Morple. He will do a hunter's mark on that other one who's not dead and not the leader. So he uh, will cast that. I mark you. It's a bonus action. He pulls out his short swords and is going to run at this other one. Uh, 
he will get most of the way there. But the one that he's rushing is surprised, so he won't be able to do anything to him this round. Uh, hopefully. Next we go to Zika. Um, so what's the weather like? <laughs> what's the weather like? That is a good question. Uh, the weather outside is, uh, let's see. Frightful, but the fire is, no, no, nobody. No. All right. Uh, yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to look up a random weather generator. It is, uh, what's the barometric pressure? It's getting winter time, but you're not in a place where it gets snowy, so. Uh, Just throw a random is, zip code into AccuWeather. You'll be fine. Yeah, it is a cloudy night. And, uh, it's overcast. That's it. Yeah, it's overcast. So no precipitation? It's a little chilly. No precipitation. Okay. All right. Well, I'm still going to cast Call Lightning. Okay. And I will have the first bolt introduce itself to the uh, to the larger fella who looks okay. to, looking at us. Okay. So, so he's going to make some kind save. of save, I imagine. Dexterity save? of 16. Okay. Let's see. That is a fail. You will take 18 points of being zapped from the sky damage. Okay, he's not crazy about that. And um, also kind of hoping that maybe that will be a nice big flashy visual that if there are other Dwergar... Hold on just a second. I I just realized uh, he actually has advantage. Oh. Let's see. Oh, that's still a fail. Okay. (laughs) Sounds good to me. So after review, the call on the field stands, <laughs> and he takes 18 damage. The, the DM is charged with a timeout. <laughs> yep. Alrighty, so lightning peels from the sky, and uh, this guy's lit up. Tiernan! I'm going to take a couple shots at that same guy that Zika just hit. Okay. Uh, does a 25 hit? Yeah, it does. And I got a natural 20 on the second one. Oh my god. <laughs> so that'll be uh, eight on the first one. Okay. 22 on the second. Jeez. All right. Wow. Okay. He's very hurt. All righty. It is his turn. He uh, turns invisible. Of course he did. Razor. All right. I'm going to cast Spirit Guardians, and then I'm going to move up towards that one guy that's still standing. Okay. So Spirit Guardians, How? How? that's an aura around you, right? Yeah, 15-foot radius. 15-foot radius, okay. You know what? That will get you just in the Spirit Guardian's range, so go ahead. Is that, it's on his turn, right? When the creature enters the area for the first time on a turn or starts its turn there. Yep, okay, yep. So he will start his turn there. Alrighty, and that will bring us back up to the first round. So Nolan, where you are, you can see the kind of the other side of this, and you will see that building that was to everyone's left, which is now to your right, uh, so you see a pile of mycologs over there. At least one of them appears to be moving, like a spot of gore around them that indicates that at least a Duragar either is or was there chewing on them. And then the uh, building that is to your left and in the middle of the kind of square of this, you see a similar pile as well. But you don't see any other Duragar. The one you can really see right now is the one that Razor is coming up on. So what would you like to do? Or I will head towards that pile, the nearer pile of the Michaelogs that look like there was a Duergar there. I'm okay. not assuming he's still there, but I will I will move in that direction and see if I can get something and maybe cover that Michaelog who's trying to get free. And then if uh, Inviso guy wants to come and attack me and give me some sense of where he is, I will. Uh... Okay. Where you are right now is actually you're right next to the pile where the guy was trying to sneak. Oh, out. okay. Yeah. So the, if that point, I'll just hunker down. I'll put the pile kind of behind me to give myself the least number of directions that I can get an attack from. I mean, you know, if there's vampire Michaelogs in there. Yeah, I think I'm dead anyway. Not to give you any you're, ideas. Are you going to basically ready an action or like yeah, ready yeah, an action I'll, to swing at anything that comes? Near. Yeah, basically that's that's all I'll do, and I'll just try to cover that Michael Log to give him some cover to get out of there. Okay, give me a perception roll, Nolan. My perception roll is fifteen. Okay, you are looking around. You're not noticing anything yet. Story Morple. of my life. Uh, Morple is going to rush the one visible Duragar. And while he does that, one directly behind the both of you appears and takes a swing at Morple. Morple, no! We just decided on your name! No! (laughs) (laughs) And misses, as no one seems to be able to roll very well at all today. But Morple is going to uh, attack 
with his short swords on this one. He's got the hunter's mark on soon. He will miss it twice, unfortunately. But he's right there. And then there's now your Duragard directly behind you, Razor. Uh, Zika. I will uh, call lightning on the Duragard who just was kind enough to reveal himself behind Morpole. Oh, he's actually behind Razor. I thought uh, thought he was attacking Morpole. Okay. He did an opportunity attack on Morpole as he ran. Okay. That's but fine. is standing behind Razor. That's when he revealed himself. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. He revealed himself in his reaction. So. That, that's the guy, though. <laughs> yeah, that's the guy. Yeah, I get it. <laughs> All right. He's going to go ahead and uh, try to not fail a dexterity savings throw. He will succeed. Okay. He will still take 11 from half damage. Okay. Yeah. Alrighty. All right. So, yeah. So the lightning moves and now it cracks that now visible Duragar who is standing right behind Razor. And of course, also in the fields of the spiritual guardians, which is probably not the smartest move, but you know, uh, and then we go to Kiernan. I'll wheel around toward that uh, lightning shot that I just saw and shoot a couple arrows in that direction toward that snake burger. Okay. So as you do that, as you spin around, something appears behind you. Mm. And 17? That hits. All right. You are struck for, with a war pick for seven points of damage. So that happened as you were basically getting ready to attack. So if you'd like to do something else. And Rain is right next to you. So basically he is right there as well. So. Uh, well, if I can switch direction and shoot at the thing that just hit me. Uh, you can, however, unless you have something that takes care of that, you will be at disadvantage because you're attacking at point blank with a bone arrow. I will take that disadvantage. Okay. Uh, so I missed on the first one, I'm assuming. And I probably missed on the second one, too. Uh, what'd you get? 14. Yes, 14 will miss. Okay. And then you hear a horrible noise from the other side of the battlefield. Kiernan and Zika to your right and Nolan, your left. As you're looking back there somewhere, you hear this this horrible And as that happens, the two Duergar who have not used their reactions this turn will attack, which means they're using their reactions now. So if you do anything like a move or anything on your turn, but this is an ability that the leader uh, has called, called to attack. Basically, that means the one that Morple just tried to attack and the one that just used its held action on Kiernan will get three attacks. So, 16? That hits. That hits? Okay. So you are struck once again by the same guy for eight points of piercing damage and Morple, let's see if he's hit. Ooh, he's almost critted, but isn't. And Morple is struck for six points of damage. These, uh, these guys fight dirty. Now, the guy who just savaged Morple can take his actual turn. He is actually going to... Is he in the uh, radius of the Spirit Guardians? He is in the radius of Spirit Guardians. Okay, then he needs to make a Wisdom save. Wisdom save. Oh, yeah, I don't think that's going to go well. As he rolls a three. All right. He'll take 11 points of damage then. Okay, so as he wheels around to strike again on Morple. Uh, you hear the sounds of the ghost dwarves whap, 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 whapping on this guy. And yeah, he's just going to take another attack on this guy and miss. That was a bad move. He should have done something else. Now the guy right behind Tiernan and Rain, who has already managed to be able to hit him twice, uh, is going to attempt to take another attack on Tiernan because it seems to be going well for him. Yeah. Oof. Yep. That's another hit. Four. Oh, that's full. That's 10. 10 damage from his piercing from his orbit. So yeah, so the guy standing behind Rain is just wailing away on him. Or standing behind, uh, well, standing behind, he's directly behind Rain and also behind you. Hasn't done anything to your wolf yet, but. Okay, Razor, it is now your turn. There's a guy standing directly behind you. He never made a save on his turn, did he? Oh, you know what? He did not. Well, let's go ahead and do that now. Oh, he failed. That's also a lot. I'll take a couple swings at him. Okie doke. Does a 19 hit him? Oh, yeah. Then he'll get hit twice. Oh, yeah. It's it, it probably only going to take one, but he has four yeah. hit points left, so. Okay, yeah. I, I smack him up one side of the head and then the other side. Okay. He's dead. Dead. I guess the next closest one would be to Morple. Actually, yeah. You hit him one time. If you want, you can move up and hit the other one that's on Morple. Okay. Feel free. 
All right, that's uh, seven points of damage to that one. Okay, so you move up right next to uh, Morple, making that die stay really, really bad. So, okay, so that will come us up to the next round, and Nolan, nothing has attacked you from the last round, so we're back up to your turn again. Okay, did any of these guys who appear look like the big guy who disappeared in front of us, or is he... No. He's, he's off the board No, but somewhere. you go ahead. You know what? Give me a quick intelligence roll. Hey, that is a 17. Okay. That horrible shouty sound that seemed to make everybody attack people mm-hmm. came from your left, kind of the other side of things. You see, it's probably him. All right. Well, uh, if I can move in to somewhere, and I'll, I'll take my uh, attack with disadvantage just to see if I can uh, ruin okay. this guy's day. You, uh, I mean, if it's a broad area and I don't have a shot at this, let me know. But otherwise, I'll, I will move I'll, I'll over let you, there and I'll try let you to take, over and shot take a shot at disadvantage, and we'll see what All happens. Right. All right. I'm going to That is going to be a 19. Okay. I'm sorry. No, the lower one is going to be a 14. So Okay. You swing wildly. You're not sure. Okay. Um, you don't hit anything. Um, All right. But you have a feeling you're close to where you need to be. All right. Cool. I'm close to where I need to be. Story of my life. Here we go. Uh, yes. Alrighty. Uh, well, that means. Yeah. Hey, Pat. Yeah. Just out of curiosity, how far away from uh, Sir Nolan am I? Oh, you are not too far from him now. He is actually about forty feet to your All right. right. All right. Good to know. Okay, so Morple is going to attack the one Duragar that is uh, the only one that seems to be visible at the moment, which is the one that you guys are on. So he. Oh boy. Yeah. He hacks away. See if you will finish his marked target. Oh, God, yeah. So as all that is going on, Morple starts hacking away at this Duragar. You're eating all my friends! And just picks them all apart. He dies. So right now, oh, no, there's, I'm sorry, there's, I said the only one. There's the one that's still behind Tiernan that has been vexing him miserably. So uh, I have a feeling he's going to eat some lightning right about now. Zika, is it your turn now? Yeah, I guess I'll, I'll go for that one visible one by Kiernan with okay. my call lightning. All right, he will make a savings throw of the dexterity variety. And even with advantage, he rolls a four. And even with him failing the save, he will still only take 11 damage. Cause okay. I rolled okay, Kiernan. All right, I guess I'll have rain attack this dude. All right, go for it. Uh, that hopefully will hit. That's going to be a 25. Oh yeah, 25 will certainly hit him. And that's uh, six points of damage. Okay, so as you have two attacks, you can actually attack him as well. I mean, if you want to pull out a short sword or something. Okay. Yeah. It's a 24. 24 hit. And that's nine points of damage. That is exactly what you need. Okay. And that Duragar falls. Nolan, you weren't sure whether or not could have reached the big guy, but you realize now that you totally could have, as he is now standing right in front of you, as the leader who goes by the name of Grimgeyer. You might probably never learn that actual name, but you know, it's a name that you made up. So uh, mm-hmm. the first thing that happened is you notice that one of two things. First of all, he reappears and is much larger than he was before. Oh, good. All right. He's oh into God. that dwarven growth hormone. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, it's that thing they can turn invisible and they can get big. And he has this wicked looking hammer. As it's moving around, it's like you feel buzzing inside of your head as he's attacking you with it, and he swings on you. One, two, three. Luckily, only one of those is gonna hit you. Alright. However, he hits you for 26 points of bludgeoning damage. Alright. And five points of psychic damage. Oh, and yells, "No one interrupts Grimgeyer's feast!" (laughs) Razor, you can get to him this round. I'm going to come up to him and try to keep him between me and Nolan, with the idea that we'll keep him unbalanced by Wolf. Yeah, unfortunately, you can't Mm -hmm. get between him and Nolan. His back is to the building. You can get fight side by side. Oh, okay. With him, or yeah. All right, that's fine. I'll fight side Yeah, that's it. The thing is, like, they're both, like, up against a building, so... All right. 18 hit him? 
18 does not. He is also wearing plate mail and carrying a shield. Uh, 22 hopefully does. 22 will hit him, yes. Take five points of damage. Okay, he takes five points of damage as you clung into him. And Nolan, it is your turn now. Woo! All right. Hey, I uh, think... hey Scott. Yeah. You, after you roll, but before you determine whether you've been told if you hit or not, mm -hmm. tell me what you rolled. Okay. Because I might give you a plus 10 bonus on it if it looks right. like it might help. Okay. Give me one second. Will. I mean, <laughs> yeah. it, may, it may or may not. We'll see how it goes. I mean, I'm, I'm pretty random today. All right. <laughs> We're so, all pretty random today. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So, well, I will uh, strike this guy and, hey, this guy exists and I am fighting him, so I'm going to sneak attack him, you know, because uh, if I'm fighting him one on one, I get it. Or if there's another person, I get it. So go to hell. <laughs> hey, Rick, I don't need it. OK, uh, I critted him. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Go ahead and roll that damage. All right. Let me do these things. I've got to add up all these stupid dice. Oh no, lots of dice to add up for all Yeah, no, I know, it's the worst. That's a horrible thing. <laughs> I like, you know, I'm one shy, I gotta really roll up. All right. <laughs> uh, that is 37 points of damage. Okay, describe how you kill this huge <laughs> Duergar warlord. Well, uh, first I will just be like, we'll interrupt whatever the fuck we want. And I will, like, faint to his knee, and if he crouches down to defend that, I'll put the, the sword up under his chin and up under the light part of his plate and put it through his skull. Alrighty. Yeah, and it and I look awesome doing it. It's the coolest thing people have seen in a while. <laughs> and we have a griffin, so it's pretty cool. Yeah. Oh, God, that's right. I forgot to include the griffin. You know what? He's... <laughs> yeah, he's He's fine. He's, he's, he's still he's, upset about. He's in the back grooming. It's like, no, hang on. <laughs> Alrighty, yeah. So, yeah, as you just stab up into Grimgeier's head, tries to dribble out some kind of retort, but he can't because there's a sword in his head. And it's just disgusting uh, drool filled with fungus bits just comes out of him. And he just a uh, sad look in his eyes. And then he shrinks down to his normal size and dies. And as you guys are feeling pretty good about that, a huge Duergar appears right between you two, Razor and Nolan, and is going to attempt to bash the knight that just killed his leader. Hey, make a say wisdom saving throw. Yes, he will make a wisdom saving throw as he uh, comes up on the spiritual guardians. And that is a natural one on his roll, so he fails. Uh, 10 points of damage this time. Okay. As he moves up, the spectral dwarves just wail on him. He will take a swing on Nolan with his war pick. Come get some. And miss. Mm -hmm. Yeah. All that second win for nothing. Come on. It is Morple's turn. Oh, Morple can get up to him. Morple is going to run up to him. He's like, leave my master alone. Oh, he gets a hit in on him. Morple's now standing behind him and slashes him for four points of damage. Zika, even without moving, you can see where this guy is because he's really big. Yeah, so I'm guessing if I tried to cast Dispel Magic on the big guy, I would have to lose concentration on the Call Lightning, right? Yeah, I think you will. I will give you this, though. Actually, Nikki Arcana roll. Yeah, to see if I even can. Well, uh, yeah, to see if it is dispellable. Right, yeah, that's what I mean. So 22 for Arcana. It is an inborn ability that Duergar have, so it's not it's not a spell that you'd be able to dispel. All right, well, that settles that. So call lightning. <laughs> so he's got his old dexterity save. Yep, <laughs> dexterity save, which these guys, as you know, are incredibly dexterous. Ooh, he actually got a 16. All right, then he will take half damage, which is 10. That still almost kills him. Right. Oh, so close. Kiernan. Since that guy's big, I'll attempt to shoot a couple arrows above my companions. Hopefully 25 hits. Oh, yeah, 25 hits. Uh, and I can't see him surviving that. Yes, he has two hit points left. So, That's so you arrow appears in his center of his head. He shrinks down to normal size, hits the ground, and it gets quiet. It appears that all the Duragar who are here are dead. I um, lean over to the dead guy and like put my hand near my ear and go, "What? What was that? What? 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 
I didn't catch that because you know I'm taunting his corpse because yes, you know, I I'm a knight. <laughs> so not great at this. I don't think uh, he can I, hear you. <laughs> there are some surviving Michaelogs who will, once they realize they're out of danger, will come up and they'll try to triage any Michaelogs who are still somewhat alive despite being chewed on. A small group of them just eventually kind of forms and they thank you for saving them. But you can definitely tell that they're all very, very afraid. Well, Nolan and Razor, you will notice that... Well, you'll notice two things, actually. These are the first, aside from the one druid that you met, these are the only, like, non-infected Duragar you've come across. Aside from Grimgeyer, their leader, the other ones look sickly. So they look like they're carrying some of the infection, but not enough to allow them to get back up after dying. Grimgeyer appears to be uninfected, but very crazy. But you also notice he has this really, really strange hammer. It's a war hammer. It is very, very big and very, very strange looking. It's made out of an odd metal. It looks kind of like mithril, but not exactly. Um, but you do know that it does some kind of psychic attack. I'll make an arcana roll. Yeah. Okay. Uh, 14. You'd need to kind of sit with it and study it, but you think that at least to be like attuned to this mind Mm -hmm. and does, you know, some extra damage. You're not sure whether or not this is a evil corrupting cursed kind of thing, or if this is something that, you know, just your average magic item that work. But you can take it if you like. It does not appear to uh, harm you. All right. I will hold on to it. Right down, you have the psychic attuned hammer, and uh, we can talk about that in a future uh, okay future time. But you are closing in on the cauldron itself, and what are you guys going to do? What are you guys doing right now? And then we'll figure out what happens next. How many mycologs oh. are there around here? Uh, there's about five that seem to be unhurt, and there's probably about another like five or six that are wounded. So if you'd like to spend time with them and help them, you can. Okay. I realize the spell doesn't work like this, but I'm going to use it anyways. And I'm just going to cast the Beacon of Hope and then uh, go around and encourage them and try to help them. I think for flavor's sake, I think this is definitely something that will help. Yeah. And as you spend some time with them, (laughs) helping them heal, you will be able to definitely improve the attitude of the Michaelogs the surrounding area once it does appear that this one group of Duergar has been causing all this destruction. There's not like mm-hmm. hordes of them somewhere else. Like this pack of them have just been going through appearing places, just savaging people, moving on. There may have even been a couple more of them before that might have actually fallen, but this appears to be all of them. So with assurance that this threat has been dealt with, things will calm down. Once you have this all under control, you know, it's nighttime now. I don't know if you guys want to move on. Chances are when you get into the cauldron, you know, everyone's probably asleep. If you want to rest and then kind of show up there in the morning or however you want to do it. Or at least uh, let people know you've arrived. And yeah, we could show up, camp out right outside right. the cauldron and wait for them to show up in the morning. <laughs> that sounds like us. That's on brand. Let's. <laughs> it's like. Pitch our tent, yeah, just bedrolls, and uh, we'll go get the horses, bring them back, and they'll, they'll just all be in the street. <laughs> you should work with the other species. Look at us, we're great. <laughs> all right, so yeah, so you guys are able to get into the city. You're welcomed back in the morning. You can basically kind of let the people on the outskirts of the city know that you're back, and you are told that the council will be put together in full to meet with you all to discuss what's going on. They say that they were able to assemble a larger group of the Council of Michaelogs. So the next morning, once everyone is refreshed and ready, you head in to the Council building. And once again, it's the big uh, round, um, you know, the big dome thing that I can't think of the name of. Jesus. Anyway, like the capital, uh, what's the thing? I don't think it's Jesus. The rotunda? Rotunda, yes. Uh, The giant rotunda. And a big round table, and you will see assembled more Michaelogs than were there before. You do, of course, recognize Relips Drew, the chief diplomat, Vice Master Gopi, Halpa Pachola. The drow representative is not here as they went back to their area, but you do notice that there are a number of other, you can kind of tell between them by now. You get a look at the ones who look more academic 
and the ones that look a little bit more political as the kind of how they're dressed and their demeanor. Relips Drew is surrounded by a number of mostly younger looking Michaelogs in the Michaelog equivalent of a business suit. And there is a lot of talk going on as you are brought into the rotunda. There seems to be a, a large amount of tension in this room. And the second thing you will notice, the one really weird thing, aside from all the new faces you're seeing there, you look over into the side with the academics and there seems to be a, a bit of an argument going on between two Michaelogs, one of them being uh, the Dean, Halpa Patrola, and another Michaelog who you immediately recognize as Professor Ugat Fumel. What? <laughs> and that's where we'll leave things for today. <laughs> Mind blown. Da, da, da. What is happening? Uh, good news, guys. He's okay. <laughs> this is this is really this is good. This is no, it's great. This, I, is, this is for the best. Yeah. 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 Okay. So yeah. So what what the hell is going on? <laughs> that guy's dead. You saw him die. You were with him. And there he is, sitting there in the room talking to people. It's very strange. Who is that? Is that Ugat Fumal? Does he have a twin brother? Uh, we'll find out in a couple of weeks. See you then. Bye. 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 Thank you. Thank you everybody for listening. And once again, we would love to thank our apprentice architect Patreons, Jillian and John Christensen, Suzanne Bell and Caitlin Thompson. We could not do this without you. You can join our Patreon at patreon.com slash AOE podcast. Have fun. We'll see you next time.